Hey mama, a quick note before we get started. So you may have noticed at the end of the last episode that I promised an upcoming episode on habits, goal setting for the new year. And if you're listening to this, you'll hear that that's not what this episode is. So in the month of December, we got so, so sick. And then that carried on into January and I caught something on top of the flu that we had had before. And I intended to get the episode out a little bit late and then it just didn't happen. So what I decided to do instead was to push that episode back until my next solo coaching episode. So sit tight. It's still coming. I just wanted to let you know why it wasn't here for now, but enjoy this week's episode. I know you're going to love it. In my heart, I'll always be their mother. But again, whether they're biological or adopted or they live with you for periods of time, you can only do what you can do. And you have to release it and realize that everybody makes their own choices and we all have a free will. Hey, Mama. What do you think of when you hear the word success? Fame, status, and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching Little League? Advocating for your special needs child or mastering meal planning? Maybe going back to school or starting your own business. The truth is success looks different for us all, and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. Um, As always, I have a super exciting guest, but today I'm going to have to say, like, you're going to be in for a treat as far as just when I think, what's the word I want to use here? Just like happy and peppy and fun. And so I'm really excited about this. I can't wait for you to hear my wonderful guest's um, story and all that she has to bring to you. But just in case you are new here, I wanted to introduce myself really quickly. I'm Shannon Carruthers. I'm a habit and success coach for moms. And I love talking about habits and all things that you can do that are really, really small in your life that you can do even in the chaos of motherhood that eventually add up to create something big. Um, I love sharing mom stories about their version of success because I think it's different for all of us. And so hearing other people's walk and their journey and story can often bring us insight into our own lives and what we want to do differently, things that we want to change. Um, if you're not following along on Instagram, make sure you head over there. It is at SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com. And as always, you can find show notes from today's episode at SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com. So with all of that taken care of, let's get into our interview. So let me first introduce Elizabeth Davis. She and I met recently. We met on Facebook, which is, you know, I love hearing stories where people meet online. It's always so interesting because I think for the longest time I had this idea that you don't meet people online, like you meet them in person. And now it's almost flip flopped. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lot more often you meet people online. Anyway, we met on Facebook, we had coffee together, we could not quit chatting. And I was like, yeah, you need to come be on the podcast. So without further ado, Miss Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Shannon. I'm I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Would you mind just doing a quick intro, telling everybody a little bit about you? Sure, sure. Um, So I'm Elizabeth Davis. I've lived in Huntsville for 11 years. Um, I am 48 years old and I've been married over half my life. I've been married for 25 years. I can't believe I can even say that. Um, But we had a whirlwind romance. We met um, in August of 97, and we were married by August of 98. And we didn't even start dating until the February of 98. But he didn't even kiss me till he asked me to marry him. So I've had a very fun, very hallmarky pride and prejudice love story with my husband. Um, And it's just really gotten better. So that's been good. We have uh, raised six children together. um, Four of, I'm sorry, three of them are biological. Three of them Mm -hmm. are adopted. It's so confusing whenever you have adopted 
and biological children because they all just run together. But um, we have adopted three children and biologically had three children. And we have moved 22 times in 25 years. Um, oh being married to a military man, that was part of it. And uh, I was raised in Montgomery and never moved at all till I met him. And we moved it when I was 22. And so we just really never stopped. But we've been in Huntsville for 11 years and we've lived in like five houses because, again, we, we like to move. So anyway, so that has been pretty much our story. And uh, we now have a married daughter and one grandbaby. So we are just continuing to expand. Um, I told him over Christmas, we actually had to put two of our tables together to make a big enough table for everybody. And I said, we need to get a table custom made because it is only going to get bigger. Yes, that's so good. So So that's a little bit about me. I love it. So for those of you mamas that are listening that are in the earlier stages of motherhood, um, I love that we're going to actually kind of take a look back with you having grown kiddos and now getting to play, you know, what, what is your grandma name? Honey. Honey. I'm Honey. Yes. Ah. And it is my most amazing name yet. It's so the best thing good. I've ever been called. So good. So if you're not from, or if you have not listened to the podcast before, we are located in Huntsville, Alabama. So here in the South, I know that a lot of places have just like your grandma and grandpa, like mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. In the South, there is no name off limits. There's no name for a limits. grandma and grandpa. Like you can be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always like to ask, for example, um, we have Grammy, mm-hmm. we have Graham, we have Meemaw, mm-hmm. and we have Mimi. Mm-hmm. And then I've got friends who have just some of the craziest names. So anyway, you are honey grandmother now, which is mm-hmm. lovely. Um, so so like I said, we're going to look back at that a little bit at, you know, how has success shifted for you? Because mm-hmm. a lot of that is different now than yes. it was then. Mm-hmm. Um, so mamas, get ready for a good episode. Get ready for some good advice and things you can apply. We're talking adoption. We're talking mm-hmm. um, entrepreneurship. We're talking, you know, juggling lots of different mm-hmm. things this episode. So that's some of the stuff you can look forward to. Um, I want to start with, you know, that marriage that you talked about, because obviously kiddos came pretty quickly after that. They so did, yes. tell me, tell me about that. Yes. So uh, we got married um, and we got pregnant two months after we were married. So uh, October 31st, Halloween, um, we got pregnant. And so it was first try, first time, all the things, you know, it's so funny. I actually was on birth control when we start when we got married and I just didn't like the way it made me feel. And we had moved from Alabama to Texas. I didn't have any family there. I was crying all the time. I mean, this poor guy met and married me and here I am sobbing constantly. So we thought, let's just go off birth control. We'll just do it other things. And lo and behold, I got pregnant immediately. And so, uh, but I'm so grateful that I did because honestly, at that time in my life, all I ever wanted was to be a mom and a wife. And I felt like that was my calling. I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. And here I was, I just turned 23 when I got pregnant. And, uh, and so when I got married and when I got pregnant, because it was all within a couple of months, and I just really was in my heart, living the dream. I mean, we made zero money. My husband was still in college. I was teaching preschool. Uh, We were on WIC so that we could, I actually got on WIC because I got pregnant and someone told me about it in the college community. And so we went on government assistance in order to be able to pay for food while I was pregnant. But I will say, and this is just a side note, Wick taught me how to care for my baby and how to breastfeed and all the th- all those things. And I will never not be grateful for that. And so we've come so far from being on government assistance. But, but in that time and in that period of my life, it was a necessity. And I didn't have enough. I mean, I wasn't prideful enough not to go through with it. And I'm so grateful I did. It taught me so much. And it really set a really good basis of eating for me early on in my pregnancy, which we'll get into later. Now I'm a health coach, but still, I feel like that kind of really set a good basis for me. So we did all of that with this new baby and I had her, my husband graduated from college, went straight into the military. And um, then we were in the military for the next 24 years, 20, wow. I'm sorry, 21 years. He was in the military for 21 years. And, um, and I had uh, Ansley, that's my first baby who now has our Lucy. And then um, 20 months later, I had Avery, our second daughter. And I was a girl mom. I was really happy with that. Loved every minute of it. Um, and then I got pregnant when Avery was 10 months old. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then they told me I was having a boy and I cried. I did not want a boy. I was a girl mom. And I was like, no, I don't think I'm really going to be a good boy mom. But 
lo and behold, that precious baby boy was born 19 months later, and he stole my heart, still has it forever and ever. And um, so that's my history of my three biologicals, bam, 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 right in a row. All in a row. Yes. And then four years later, uh, we had opened up our hearts and minds into the idea of adoption. We lived in Nashville for a little while, and I don't know if you guys know a lot about Nashville, but every person in Nashville has an adoptive child. Okay. Um, and so we were thrust into this community of adoption, and I had never really thought about it a whole lot before, but um, became really good friends. Actually, I'll throw a little plug in for her. Kara Finger, she, is, um, she owns My Bag, My Story. It's a not-for-profit in Nashville where we provide foster children with um, suitcases with their monograms on it oh, through Vera Bradley, awesome. all of that. And so she had an adoptive child and we fell in love with Corinne and fell in love with their family. We ended up keeping their kids while they went to Russia to get their second child or their third child and um, second adoption, third child. Anyway, God opened our eyes to adoption and we were able to adopt our baby. Um, He was seven months old when he came to us, but it was four years after I'd had my last baby. So that's how my four, my core four got to us um and then um gosh 10 years later we adopted two teenagers wow so we'll get into all of that we'll get into that soon Mm -hmm. um i can't imagine okay first of all my my immediate thoughts are you know when i had one Mm -hmm. i was okay Mm -hmm. but then when i had my second i was like okay what do i do because mine were 22 (laughs) months apart they were very close to and i was like what do i do like how do i survive um and then i can't even imagine Adding one more right there in Crazy. the mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then being in the military. So not being close to home. Mm-mm. So there's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And then four years later going, Hey, let's do this. You know, let's, let's go again. I love it. It's so good. Well, and I want to say something about that because a lot of people have said that to me. They're like, Oh my gosh, you were so far away from home. You didn't have anybody. And I will tell you, I had so many people. I immediately everywhere we've ever moved. I have, con- I have, thrusted myself into community. I have created community. I I basically was out there not knowing one single person. We definitely went to church. That was a priority for our family, still is. But I also created community within our military base, within my husband's job. Um, I I met people, I met one of my best friends in in the McDonald's playground. So you, you have to you know, I'm not the type of person that sat back and just said, oh, woe is me. I don't have anybody out here. I created a family. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need all the friends. And honestly, to this day, 24, 25 years later, they are still on my Christmas card list. We still talk. We still have connection with those people. One of my daughters was traveling through Colorado with a, fr- a bunch of friends. And I just texted one of my friends from that time in, in that era of our life. And my kids stayed with them. So you you create, I mean, I personally, and and again, with the Successful Mama podcast, that's one of the things that I feel like has made me a successful mom by connecting with other people and creating an environment where my kids knew that mom and dad had friends and mom and dad had a church family and mom and dad have a work family and we all get together. And, and when we got sick, we had food on our front door. And when they got sick, we put food on their front door. And so I think that's really one of the reasons why I've been able to survive as a military wife and mother. Um, it's just because I knew I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want my kids to be alone. And so we created community wherever we went. So what advice do you have? Because creating community is easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Now you are a very outgoing Mm -hmm. person. You love talking to people. You love connecting. Um, But I think for a lot of moms, that seems really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, What, how did you find your people? Mm -hmm. Because I think one of the hardest things is, you know, maybe someone steps out to be brave to talk to somebody Mm -hmm. and then it's so awkward and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So like, did you find your people right away? Those people that you connected with, or was it through, trial and error, if I may, like finding different, you know, Yes, I would love to talk about this because I think it's so interesting. Y'all have to remember I'm 48. We didn't have social media. My husband and I shared a car and we had one cell phone that we shared. So it's, it's a different time. Time has in the last 24 years, so much has happened as far as social media goes and all of that. We lived on a military base where our houses were four feet apart from each other. So I got my baby out in a stroller and and I strolled down the street and talked to my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I went over and brought, and neighbors did this to me, brought banana bread to our to our neighbors. Now, 
I think you should do that now. Yes, I definitely I do. But that's really how the community started. We started visiting churches. We dropped our baby off in the nursery. We met the nursery workers. We met the preschool directors. Um, literally, I took my baby to McDonald's because she loved the playground. Now, Grant, again, she was, she was like, for the zero to nine months, we were in training and in transition. So we moved to our first base when she was about nine, 10 months old. But I still went to McDonald's and would play with her on the floor. And that's how I met friends. So yes, I am an outgoing person, but I think anybody can do it. You just, you have to get out of your own way for lack of a better term. Yeah. It was awkward for me too. I would say, can I have your phone number? I would love to call you. Let's meet again. Next time I'm coming to McDonald's, I'll call you. Well, you know, in two months, I had 10 people meeting at McDonald's. So I'm not saying, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm telling you, if you don't want to be alone, it's up to you. Like there's no, nobody's coming to hang out with you. You got to find the people. Right. Um, so, and then also my husband's office. So like, uh, well, on the base, and I know you're not all military, but but there are other things you can do, too. On our base, we had um, Officers Wives Club. I just joined. I mean, you don't have to join. There were many people who didn't. But I joined. I got on the board. I went to the to the activities. And if you're not in the military and you're just a young mom, there are MOPS groups. I did MOPS yeah. also. Um, I did MOPS groups. I did um, connection groups with Bible studies where there were all ages, not all just moms. I, I literally just decided I wasn't going to sit in my house by myself with my baby. I was going to live a life and I was going to connect to people because I didn't want to be alone. That's awesome. So it's really, it sounds easier said than done, right. but honestly, it is, you get into momentum too. That's true. You start meeting people, they start introducing you, they are friends, they are friends, then you all of a sudden have, you know, 20 people that you connect with. Yeah. Gotcha. That mm -hmm. makes sense for sure. Yeah. Okay. So then... um We've got, you know, new baby, all the babies. seven months old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. All the babies. But we've mm -hmm. adopted little mm -hmm. Evan. Yes. Um, and so then tell me what happens next, because there's a mm -hmm. there's a business that comes into play. Yes. yes. And I want to say one thing about Evan. Uh, Evan was brought. We were we had applied to different agencies to adopt. But the way we got Evan was through our community. So, again, you have to realize that. To me, community is such a big deal because you never know what's going to happen. And I didn't know the family in the church that needed someone to adopt their baby, but one of my friends did, asked us, and that's how we got our son. Now, granted, he was in foster care and we were ready for him, but it really would not have happened if we had not been friends or friendly. Yeah. So I do want to emphasize, you just have to get yourself out there. And it's uncomfortable for everybody, even if you are an extrovert, which I am an extroverted extrovert, but it's still difficult for people. So anyway, so adopted Evan, we were in Georgia, my husband deployed, my mom moved in um, so that my husband was in Iraq while I was like navigating a new baby, all of that. But I'll tell you what, those were some of the best months of my life because my group of friends, we decided to create a running club. And so I would run in the wee hours of the morning when my mom was sleeping there with my children because I still needed that connection with people. And I love those 10 girls more than anything. And I feel so bad now because we're all so old and all over the place and we don't run together anymore. But, but again, during that difficult time when I didn't even have my husband at home, I was solo momming, as you say. And so um, I, I had to have another outlet. So I will say, you're going to hear this throughout my whole story. I love being a mom. Absolutely love being a mom. But I always have other things in my life. I'm not, I hate when people say, I'm just a mom. Yeah. Being just a mom, first of all, totally fine. If you want, if you want to be a mom and don't have anything else going on, that's totally fine. I wanted to be a mom and a friend and continue to be a wife and a, and a daughter and and a business owner and an entrepreneur, because that's something that the Lord put in my heart. So that's something that I definitely want to fulfill as my calling. Um, so, but with, with Evan at home, I wasn't doing anything outside of the home as far as work goes. And I had to, I created the running group <laughs> in order to have something else going on. Um, and I know a lot of people talk to me and they're like, well, you're just so high energy. You're just so different. I don't think I'm really that different than most people. And I definitely am not special. I just, if, if there's a desire in your heart, go after it. That's really my best advice to anybody for anything. And so at the time, I knew I needed to do something other than sit there and cry about my husband being in Iraq all the time. So I went after it and I ran three five Ks during that period of time and I've never done it since. So again, sometimes it's just for a season. It's just for what's going on in your right. life right then. 
Um, so that was how I coped with adoption. And uh, Evan came to us with skull fractures and rib fractures and failure to thrive. And so that opened up a world to us we had never known um, with therapies and intervention and speech therapies and delays and having a seven-month-old that really looked and acted like a one-and-a-half to two-month-old. And um, he's 17 now. Um, but we have gone through that our whole life with him and are still in that process. And um, and he still has delays. Lays, but he's come so so far, and so again, you know, you never know what your what your life is gonna when when there's gonna be a turn Absolutely. that you're like, wow, now I'm in a different realm. Absolutely. Um. So anyway, did I answer your question? What was your question? I don't even remember <laughs> at this point. You're good. We're just that. no. You're yeah, good. Yeah. I love the the line that you went down and just yes. talking all the things. Yes. So good. So. Oh, I asked you about Surf Pro. About yes, yes okay, the okay, okay. So yes, so we moved uh, to Texas from there after we got Evan. He was little. After my husband went to Iraq, he got a position as a commander in the Air Force for the Central United States in recruiting, which was a big promotion. But we moved to um, Dallas Fort Worth, where there was no military base. We had to live out on the on the uh, civilian world, even though he was in the military. It was more uh, civilian based, and so um, and he was a commander there, and we. again, created community. But I will say when we moved there, one of my very best friends from childhood already lived there and had a husband there and a family. And so we knew we were moving to where one of my best friends was. We'd been friends since we were 12. Yes. So we were super excited about that. In that, um, we got to get to know them really as a couple. I knew her, but we really got to know them as a couple. And her husband really needed a different path for a career. And um, we decided to open to buy a serve pro franchise for him to run. And we did that with the um, with really good intention and with the heart of and and I'll say I'm still friends with her, um, (laughs) but with a heart of love and honoring their family and really wanting to help them. He didn't last 90 days um, and they actually are no longer married. And so we went through all of that with them. And um, I, my husband looked at me and said, we can't lose this investment, Elizabeth. What are we going to do? And I pretty much said, I'll run it. I'll just go learn it and do it. And so I did. And I ran it for four years. We got rookie of the year in Dallas, Fort Worth. And we just really built it up to something really amazing. It was really such a blessing. But in that time, my kids were all, Evan was in um, a um, early learning center through the public school system for his speech and developmental delays. And so he was, everybody was in school. So all five, all four of my, I'm like, how many did I have at the time? <laughs> all four of my kids were in school. So I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't have to be home full time at that time. Yeah. So um, so I was able to do that. And I hired a nanny, a sweet Kendall bug is what we call her. Love her so much. She's actually pregnant with her first baby Aww. now. But anyway, she came into our lives and really helped me take care of my children during that time. And um, I ran the Surf Pro and we built it up amazingly well and ended up um, processing through that four years. We end up getting, do you want me to talk about the teenagers at that time? Because that's what transitioned us. Yeah, let's go there. So after we had the Surf Pro and had built that up and um, really we were called one day by someone in our community um, that needed, um, two children needed to be adopted. They were teenagers. When we got called about them, we thought they were eight and nine. They ended up being 12 and 13, um, which was different than eight and nine. Very different. (laughs) We'd already said yes. And um, we just, we have, Andrew and I have always taken the approach of, we walk through the doors until they're slammed shut and there's absolutely no crack to get through. And so we continue to walk through the doors adopting them. And um, they were a really sad situation. Uh, We would be their second adoption. I think they've been in 14 to 15 other foster homes and their current adoptive adoptive mother had just uh, ended her life. So there was a lot to it and a lot there. And we just felt like, you know what? This is our next step. So they came to live with us at the same time. My husband's dad um, said, uh, hey, I would like, you know, you to come and work for me in Huntsville. My husband said, no, Elizabeth won't leave Pro. She's done so well. She's so integrated in the community. (laughs) She's not going to walk away from that. At this point, we were, of course, having a, a good income from it, all of that. He said that uh, I wouldn't walk away from it. He called me and I said, 
I'm walking away from it. I feel like I need to be back home with the kids and I need to now with the six of them, we need to be near our family because at this point we were still in Dallas, Fort Worth. So, um, we sold our Surpro within days and it just really, well, we had an offer. The sale took months. I had to go back and forth for a little while, but, but we, the offer that we had, we sold it to them. And, um, that was kind of a process, but, uh, we knew that we were in the right, right will, what we were supposed to be doing. Brought the teenagers here. Our family covered them up with love, um, integrated them into everything that we did. And that was 11 years ago that that happened. Yeah. So, um, yes. We're we're so glad you ended up in Huntsville. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Um, And so with them coming to Huntsville Mm -hmm. with, you know, Mm -hmm. that move, but you had family here. We had family here. Yeah. My parents, his parents, everybody in the in the in the same area. So I'm assuming that made that transition just a little bit easier than some of the others. Have it been. did. It really did. It made it a lot easier. But like I said, with um, Addie and Eli, or their names, um, they came with um, honestly more baggage than they could handle and more baggage than we could handle, yeah. um, for sure. And so we never had a honeymoon period with them. You know, a lot of people are, uh, and they came through foster care. We did get a call from a family, from a community member that we know, but they were in foster care. Um, but it, you know, that transition, I wish that I could sit here and be like, you know, we had our bumps and bruises, but everybody came out okay. But that's not the case. Um, we had definitely bumps and bruises and ups and downs. And really there were not a lot of ups. Um, and there was a lot more to it than we knew. And ultimately we weren't able to keep our family them or the people, my four children, my husband, me safe in our home without, um, without our son leaving basically. So when he was about 17, he, um, we started that path towards mental hospitals and, and, um, you know, different places where he could be safe and where he could be thriving. And it was in and out and in and out for 18 months. So he was 17 and that went on for the next 18 months until he was about 19 in Alabama. You're not, um, you're not, you're a minor until you're 19, not 18. Um, so there was a lot with that. My husband (laughs) works for a government company where you have to have a top secret security clearance. And so we had to keep our, all of our children safe and out of jail. Right. (laughs) And so, um, that was a challenge with him in particular. And, um, there were some arrests and there were some different things. And, you know, we just navigated that the best that we could with the information that we had at the time. And our goal was to keep him safe and to keep our other children safe and ourselves. Um, and thank God we were able to. And um, nobody got, um, what is it called? No one got mortally injured during all of that process. And so I'm thankful for that. And he went on to, we we got him in a place where he was going to be able to thrive, we we thought. Um, and he could have stayed there till he was 26. But when he turned 19, which was right after we... Um, got him there. He left and went back to Texas. And we have had um, minimal communication with him since. And that has been, oh my gosh, six years ago, five years ago, five or six years ago. I think it's been six now this Christmas, actually. I think it just hit six years ago. So he was with us for five years. And then um, and then the, the last six years he's been on his own and he is still alive. He, uh, I don't know really the what capacity he's living in, but we've had, you know, conversations with him about forgiveness. And of course, we didn't, you know, whenever he's asked us for forgiveness, I'm like, buddy, we don't need to forgive. We forgive you. Like that's, there's nothing you did to us on on purpose and we know that it was just the life before and the repercussions of what has happened to him and we hold no resentment or grudges or anything and um and i my prayer and my hope and really what i know is he was safe for those five years that he was with us and he learned how to love and how to be in a family now what he does with that i have zero control over absolutely but i know that that's what we provided him when he lived with us same with his sister, and they were brother and sister. They had the same p- mother. Um, she, same thing, you know, we kept her safe. 
she did graduate from high school. She did get into college. Um, you know, we had high hopes for her. She's so smart and, you know, so sweet. But she um, she chose a different path. And again, you know, we've had minimal minimal interaction with her as well. And um, she did graduate from the Job Corps out of Texas. And so I do know that. But, you know, it's it's very difficult. You can't you can't choose you can't live your children's lives. And it doesn't matter how they became your children. In my heart, they'll I'll always be their mother. But again, whether they're biological or adopted or they live with you for periods of time, you can only do what you can do. And you have to release it and realize that everybody makes their own choices and we all have a free will. Unfortunately, right? Don't you wish we could just be like, let me push this button and <laughs> right. this would all work great. Um, but I pray for them. I'm, I'm so thankful that we were able to be a safe place for them for those years. And I hope that that's the way they see it. But again, I can't even, I can't even control that. Um, and as my kids, my next question, I get a lot where, what do you, how about your other kids? You know, cause we messed up our birth order. We did all the things. It was just a big old mess. Um, and I would say my other kids are better off for having lived a life where they saw their parents give and live like most people don't. And I'm not saying that to pat us on the back. I'm just telling you the truth. We were different. Our family was different. And and I do think that my children um, have chosen to live to honor the Lord and what they do and also to honor other people. And we are a very respectful family. And I'm very thankful for that. The legacy of our family will be to respect others always, no matter what's happening. We were always respectful, even with Addie and Eli. And and under under oath and in a lie detector, they could not say that we ever did anything, you yeah. know, abusive to them. Right. And I'm very thankful for that. So I do feel like my other kids definitely have been affected by it. Um, but the other side of it is we have this baby that we adopted at seven months that has been butterflies and rainbows with the exception of all of the therapies and the delays and the, the um, you know, he's severely dyslexic, dysgraphia. He actually has executive function disorder. There's all kinds of things going on there. But he is the kind kindest human on earth. He has the sweetest heart. He loves us. He loves his siblings. You should see him with Lucy, our grandbaby. It's the sweetest thing ever. And we would miss out on that if we had not adopted him. And we would miss out on all the lessons. And we would have missed out on keeping Addie and Eli safe for those five years if we had not walked through that. So I will never regret any of it. I love that. I love your perspective on all of it. And and the fact that you said, um, you know, it's out of my control. Mm-hmm. I can't control their, I cannot control their choices and their right. decisions. Mm-hmm. And as moms, I think that's one of the hardest things because we want to shape them and we want them to go in a certain path mm-hmm. and not necessarily like a specific, well, some moms probably do want mm-hmm. a specific, you yes. know, you go be yes. a doctor, you go be an engineer, yes. but, but we want certain things for them. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they have to figure out their own journey Mm -hmm. in order to get wherever they're meant to be. And that's not always going to fit what we want for them. So reminding moms that it's okay, that, you know, you did your best and you kept them safe and you Mm -hmm. did all of those things and showed them love, which is not necessarily, you know, I don't know their, their background, but not necessarily something that they had been shown before. Mm -hmm. So what a gift that you were able to give them, but also like to, remind yourself, you know, it's not in my control. I can't, I can't do anything about it. So I'm going to focus on what I can control and, you know, on my other kiddos and all that. So I just, I love your perspective on all of that. It sounds like a really impossible time to walk through. It was really difficult and it doesn't look like it would, it doesn't, my life doesn't look like I thought it would. I thought I would have, you know, six children with six spouses and 600 grandchildren. And, <laughs> you know, and that that doesn't look like that right now. Yeah. And so um, that, you know, and, and, and not, not even that that's my idea of success. It's just that that's my idea of what I thought it was going to look like right. when I they were all little kids and teenagers. Right. Um, and it doesn't look like that now. And I'm 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 OK with that. Like you you have to accept it. And even if I wasn't OK with it, it's just life, you know, yeah. but you do. I think accepting it is a really big big part of it because if I lived in the resentment of my gosh things just didn't work out like I wanted them to I would not be a very happy person and and I wouldn't even be able to serve anybody did you walk through that resentment any like did you go through uh, kind of the yeah the grief process tremendous grief yes I went through um 
three years. Well, honestly, since they came to us, um, it started because I really was concerned for my other children and felt like, what have we done? I mean, in, in, tr- in full transparency. Yeah. And that didn't really ever go away. And and it was really hard. And I felt uh, there were many times I felt like a prisoner in my own home and I couldn't let my other kids out of my sight. And and it wasn't that I loved my other kids more than I loved these kids. It was just sheer safety. It was, you know, it was just sheer, um, you know, um, common sense, right, <laughs> like right. things that were happening. Like, I can't leave this child in the presence of this one, you know. And so. Um, it was a lot of, oh my gosh, what did we do? What we, what we have created, we invited calamity in our life on an accident, basically, yeah. or not really an accident because we did it on purpose. You know what I mean? Right. So yes. Yeah, so the grief kind of started pretty much right away when they came. And then as it, as things started falling apart and getting worse and worse and worse, it was just a spiral. I gained over 50 pounds. Um, I went to food to, uh, for comfort because I, there was no other comfort and, and we integrated our family into their lives, but our family could watch, they could just see all the chaos. And it was, it was scary. It was a very scary five years. And it was a very, um, it's really difficult to even put it into words. Yeah. But then losing him and then her, which I felt like I lost them because they just, you know, they decided they didn't want to be in our family anymore, but they were adults. But still, it's it was a loss. Absolutely. And um, I grieved that for about three years after they left. And so really for the last, yeah, four, uh, Eli's been gone seven years, I think. I can't remember all the days are, but I've been, but un- until I found, honestly, this will transition into Optavia because I'm an Optavia health coach until I found Optavia and started getting healthy and paying attention to myself and putting my own oxygen mask on. I was in deep grief and depression and anxiety attacks two to three times a day. And so I don't even recognize that person anymore. I am back. I'm not even back to who I was before. I'm better than I was before. But a lot of that is because of the, I lost the 52 pounds. And then I also started really focusing on mindset and, um, and I, I, I've always been a positive person, but during that period of time, I was, I was definitely anxiety, depression, grief stricken, heartbroken. Right. And I did feel like I was going to die during all of that horrible thyroid problems had to have my thyroid removed. I mean, all of those things like your health really deteriorates when your heart is not okay. Absolutely. And my heart was broken for a lot of years through that. Um, and so now I can sit here. I told her before this that I can start, I can say all this without crying and I can because of the healing that's taken place. Um, and that's because of choices that I made, honestly, and choices that I actually got into action. I started taking care of myself. I started paying attention to what was wrong going on yeah. in my own life. And um, and I really had to release a lot of, of their life and, and all of that. And do you think, was there, you know, the one thing that kind of got the ball rolling with that? Or would, would you say it was baby steps? It was baby steps for sure, for sure. Yeah. But I woke up on my 40 fourth birthday. That's when it was. It was four years ago in August, actually. Um, I had started listening to Rachel and Dave Hollis. I don't know if y'all know who they are, Um, but they were kind of coming out and the, the, um, they they were in adoption they were adopting they were in the middle of adopting and back then i only listened to people that adopted and i was like podcasts i love podcasts so i would listen to all these podcasts and i would go to retreats about adoption i was just trying to be a better mother i was trying to navigate all of that and live through all of that and um so i had started listening to rachel when they were doing their adoption and stuff like that anyway and so um I, so she was going to do, she started talking about health and drinking water and she had these big water jugs. And I, on my birthday, on my 44th birthday, I stepped on the scale for the first time in probably five or six years. And I was bigger than I had ever been, even pregnant. And I was like, whoa, I, I've gotten out of control. I I don't even know who I am anymore. And I really did not have a lot of weight problems growing up. I mean, I was kind of back and forth, back and forth. I guess I did, but I had pretty much maintained my whole married life. Um, other than pregnancy, I'd lose it and gain it, lose it, gain it. But anyway, I just realized I was out of control and I felt terrible. I just hurt from head to toe. And so 
on that day, I went and bought a water bottle and I was like, I'm just going to commit to drinking 64 ounces of water a day. And that was my first step. And that was kind of a changing point. And then that was August, September, October. I went to a wedding, sat next to this really fiery 50 something year old girl, woman and her husband that were like dancing and having so much fun. And she was an Optavia health coach. And I chased her down. Like she wasn't even like offering it to me. I got her phone number. I called her all the time. I'm like, I want to be like you. I want to live like you. I want to look like you. I want to be like you. And um, kind of like a little stalker. Again, that community. I create community. So um, anyway, so I kind of did that. And so I signed up to try to lose the weight in December of 19. So right before the pandemic. And I didn't start till January 11th. I kept that. I kept the uh, the program in a box for an entire month. And because I was like, I'll start after Christmas. Yeah. I'll start after New I'll Year's. Start, right. And yeah. so, but I actually did. Yeah. I did that time. That's good. And so my turning point was the water bottle. Yes. I love um, that. Yeah. And you know that I'm I'm big on those small oh, actions. Yes. Those, those tiny, tiny things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And making sure, you know, as far as resolutions go, mm-hmm. I always encourage people not to set these massive goals. If yes. I'm going to go and work out, you know, seven days a week, I'm going to go do this. But what is one small thing you can do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to drink 64 ounces of water in a day. Yep. That's it. Like that's, that's that. the one that's thing. Because what happens then is that creates that momentum yeah. and that moves you in the right direction. If you can commit to that, then you begin moving forward. And in mm-hmm. motherhood, we don't have the capacity to Mm-mm. pile on a lot mm-hmm. or to make a dramatic change. So something small like that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Huge turning point. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I feel like we could talk forever. We could oh, talk we totally all day. Could. Um, we totally could. So I want to get through and talk about, you know, you do Optavia. Yes. Um, and then you also have a lovely, I mean, you're, we're talking about co- podcasts. We love podcasts. We love podcasts. Tell me. There's something that you have. I have a podcast. Wow. Yes. And, and it's fun because we're about the same age. Yes. Our podcast, not not physically, but our podcasts are about the same age. Um, I started my podcast January 17th, a year ago. So Yay. we're about to hit our one year anniversary. Happy birthday. Thank you, darling. And it's called Empower Her Abundantly. And the whole goal is I want you as this whole podcast has been about this, actually, to be empowered to follow the desires of your heart, to create the life that you want, um, and to really not not wait for someone else to bring it to you. It's not coming, no. as Mel Robbins says. Nobody's coming. <laughs> Nobody's coming to save you. And I really feel like that has kind of been my life motto. And so the empower her abundantly. I want you to look at that in whatever you want. Like, do you want to, um, you know, just be the best mom you possibly can to your kids, the best wife to your husband, you know, all of these things. But like, like you said, not pile it on you on top of your head all the time, but have the confidence to move forward in the areas that you need to improve on and in, in the areas that you want. It doesn't even have to be a need. I mean, I want a pool, so I am creating an income to put it in. Like it does, it's not that I need it. I just want it. Yeah. So again, I, I love I, I love self-confidence. I love people that feel empowered. And the abundantly, I want every area of my life to be in an abundance. Even, you know, I looked at my floor this morning walking out with all the laundry there. I'm so far behind on laundry. But I'm so glad that I have an abundance of clothes to it's wash for right, my family right. and sheets and pillows and flat, you know, all the things that my strep throat son touched. And so I'm glad, so thankful I have a son who had strep throat that right. touched all of it. Right. So the abundant part of my podcast is just in your everyday, in the mundane, in your life to have that abundant mindset that, you know, we can live life to the fullest. So good. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to say, I mean, when we first met, we were like, oh, we have so many things, you know, so many thought patterns that are the same. You yes. know, we, we talk about a lot of the same things. So if you love this podcast, I have no doubt you will love listening to Elizabeth too. So make sure to check that out. And we will link that in the show notes. So you. if, um, you know, head over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com and you can find that there. Now, we also have one more endeavor to talk about that what has is, which just one? launched. Well, <laughs> oh, just yes. launched. Yes. 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 So um, this totally goes along with motherhood. But um, having six different children with six different personalities, six different things in schooling and in career choices, my children have all of them at one point or another have been homeschooled, public school, private school, tutored. 
and alternative schools. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's not been one schooling area that I have not been a mother to a child in, which is kind of interesting. Um, And also career paths. And like I said, Addie went to the Job Corps. So we helped her get into the Job Corps because we knew that she wasn't going to be able to finish college and that's what she wanted to do. And even really, you know, we didn't have a lot of choices. So we kind of did that. Well, with Evan in particular, he's 17. He goes to a hybrid homeschool. So he goes to school three days a week. And then I homeschool him two days a week. One of those days, he's with a tutor. So again, we have a very different lifestyle. But um, we know that Evan doesn't want to go to college. He has no desire. Um, Learning for him is really, really, really difficult. The, The book part of it, the reading, the writing, all of that. So, but he's very social. He's very sales oriented. He very much loves people. So we decided to open up a flooring distribution store for hopefully him to take over in a year and a half and this be his career path. Now, when I say that we can't make their own decisions and we can't control them, all of those things, that is true. But when they're 16, 17 years old and you can kind of see the writing on the wall, you can navigate your children towards areas that you really feel like they'll be successful in. And I have done construction before. And so I decided because of friends of ours, it was really kind of one of those whole divine appointments. Again, part of my community, they have a distribution center. So we decided to open one here in Huntsville. We opened it three days ago. We are already booming. (laughs) It has been crazy. And my son is seeing that. He is excited about it. Um, He was so good with our first customers. And y'all, to see your kids light up and to watch them get involved in something that you know could actually make a living for them despite their their um you know difficulties or whatever you want to call it um it's just my it's mind blowing and so again as the successful mama creating successful children helping them navigate what works best for them yes it's the ultimate success. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. But if you're in Huntsville and need some luxury vinyl plank or luxury vinyl tile, Evan is your man. Yes. You <laughs> you need to get connected with Evan. We'll, we'll link that we in will, my podcast for sure. Yes. Well, we'll link that in the show notes as well. Yes. So make sure. Um, so where can they find you? Just if they want to find flooring or they want to yes. find your podcast, where are those located? That yes. They can find you? I am uh, Elizabeth Davis on Instagram. I think I might be Miss Elizabeth Davis. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Again, but it'll be in the show notes. It'll it's be in fine. the show notes, but we'll it's Elib- it Elizabeth Davis. I, I actually think I might be Miss Elizabeth Davis um, on Instagram, but Instagram is my jam. And and Facebook, I'm the same on Facebook. I'm Elizabeth Davis on Facebook. Um, I'm public, so everybody can find me. Um, but I'm just as active on Facebook as I am on Instagram. And then my podcast, honestly, is is um, a really good place to email me from there. And um, yeah, I'll get back to every, anybody and everybody. Awesome. So good. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the the thing that you know that I love mm-hmm. to ask my guests with the Successful Mama podcast name mm-hmm. is tell me what does success mean to you? And with this, I want to ask you, given that now you're at a different stage of life than a lot of our mamas, mm-hmm. I would love you to also reflect on what did success mean to you mm-hmm. while you were going through and navigating some of that journey? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to you now? And how is that different? Yeah, so that's a funny question. Some that what popped in my mind is sometimes success to me during those stages was just having a meal to eat at night with my family. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes that was success. Absolutely. And that was enough. And so and when you're in those stages, or even just having everybody have clean underwear at one time, I 100% mean, that, that was can success. <laughs> that was success for me at some points in there. But um, as as I've navigated motherhood and now am a grandmother to Lucy, one of the things that is really success to me is watching my grown daughter um, be in a career that she loves, um, married to her husband who's in a career that he loves, and having a, a daughter of their own that they love and are nurturing so well and that allow us to be involved in her life. And I am her daycare, which is a blessing whenever my daughter works, but um. And, and, and another part of that success, and I've said this to my husband so many times, this is what we've trained for. This is what we are living our dream, being grandparents together. And, and I will say, again, sometimes success has just been, you know, giving him a hug because I couldn't stand him that day or giving my child a hug because I couldn't stand her yep. that day. But, but now, you know, you look back on it and you're like, 
we'll never arrive this side of heaven, but the daily, like you said, the little baby steps and the constant communication and the constant uh, love and, and, and joy that I've been able to give and receive within my family, I feel like really creates the success that you want. And, and coming off of this holiday season and uh, have watching my children together and give gifts and love each other and love baby Lucy so much, um, that's really success. And you can take all the money and all the stuff away and just have each other. My husband has always said, uh, you can take it all away as long as I have you. And I feel that way. And I don't mean that in, oh my gosh, you getting married and having a family is the ultimate success. But in my life with my husband and my children, for us to have the love that we have still after all we've been through together yeah. um, is the ultimate success. I totally agree. I, yeah. So, so good. So good. Oh, my goodness. Well, this has been phenomenal. I've Thank had so you. much fun. Now, Me too. I just yes, love you. You're I love so you fun. Too. Yes. Um, now, before I go, before mm-hmm. we hop off, yes. I love asking these quick rapid fire questions. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So tell me first, what is your coffee order? My coffee order is a decaf Americano with a, two Splendas and a little bit of cream. And y'all, <laughs> I am I have to apologize to Elizabeth because I knew this. I knew she drank decaf. And the other day I was like, oh, I need to get decaf because I've got the coffee thing <laughs> you know, the Keurig here in the, in the podcast studio, I was like, I'm going to get decaf. And then I totally forgot. It's so totally sorry. fine. I've already had my decaf this morning <laughs> and I only order Starbucks when I'm with my girls. Gotcha. So that's really fun there that I go. even have it's an a, art a order. <laughs> right. It's a treat. That's awesome. Okay. So number two is how clean does your house stay on average on a scale of one to 10? Okay. So if you want to talk about a 48 year old grandmother who has had a lot of success, I have a housekeeper once a week. Beautiful. So my house stays pretty clean. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Something to aspire to yes. ladies. I will tell you it is a beautiful thing. I love my housekeeper and I love that she comes every Monday and am I ready for her? Heck yeah, because it is on my schedule. So good. So So my house stays pretty clean. I love it. Okay. um, Number three, what is a book or show you have recently loved? Okay. Let me think about that. Um, Well, let's see here. My dad and I have a very interesting relationship that has been strained uh, over lots of years. And he randomly sent me a book about a year ago um, that said it was something about daily prayers or daily goals. And he wrote a note in it and said, I know you're so goal driven and so good at things or something. It was a very sweet note and it felt very heartfelt, which is interesting coming from him. And it was um, 75 chapters, basically. And I had just started to do 75 hard, which I didn't stick with. Oh, that's hard. But let me tell you, I read that book. That's amazing. Because I needed to do it to strengthen my relationship with my dad. Now, it's on my bedside table, and I cannot remember the name of it. But it was something about goals and, and dreams or 75 days of prayer. It was something like that. I will get you the name of there it. There you go. You can send but it But it was me. very good. And it was one of those disciplines that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciated it. And I really enjoyed the book. And I read it every day. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the consistency. Like yes, every day you commit too. to just the, again, the little things. Little things. And that and was it, so small. It and makes I did it right difference. before I went to bed. It was like two pages of yep. a chapter. So good. And I did it. Yeah. Okay. And the last but not least, mm-hmm. what is the most random thing you have in your purse? Oh, my God. Gosh, let me see. Uh, this will this will be funny. I actually have a flooring sample, <laughs> and that's pretty see, random. Yep, I love it. <laughs> I have a sample of flooring, and I have forklift keys, and I bet no one else has had that since they've done your cliff keys. What forklift? I have bought a forklift. Oh, a forklift. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I think anybody's forklift. I don't think anybody's had flooring samples or forklift yes. keys. Flooring so you are forklift. you're mm-hmm. the first. There we go. <laughs> that is random. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you again. This has been phenomenal. Oh, it's been so good, Shannon. Thank you for having yes, me. I appreciate course. it. And I'm so thankful that you shared me with your audience. Yes. So uh, you. Well, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. We will see you next time on the Successful Mama Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. For more information, head on over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com where you can find show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode. Tap that share button and remember to tag at SuccessfulMamaPodcast. And make sure to go leave a review. It really does help. 
A special thanks to Will Carruthers. Until next time, remember, Mama, success looks more than one way, and it's up to you to define it. <laughs>